Good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Nigro again with our next episode of Psychology Unplugged. As always, I thoroughly enjoy doing this uh, on a weekly basis. It's incredibly fun. Uh, it's really been fun interacting with a lot of you guys from different parts of the United States, different parts of the world, uh, in person, over the phone. Uh, via email. So this is really kind of a cool thing. And I really appreciate all of you guys who are listening and tuning in. Uh, all right, today's topic, we're going to revisit borderline personality disorder. Uh, this seems to be the one that draws the most attention. And um, I'm sure I'll probably repeat some stuff from the previous episode, but uh, this is the one disorder and one topic that, uh, you know, just looking at the analytics from, you know, the podcast that people want to know the most about. And today we're going to, I want to kind of focus more on uh, how do you treat it? What, what do you, what do you do? Um, there's different modalities, and as I've said before, uh, I'm my training as, was very extensive in cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, people will usually associate borderline personality disorder treatment with dialectical behavioral therapy, and here's here's the the. the the quick and dirty version of the difference between the two dialectical behavioral therapy is about learning how to accept who you are. Cognitive behavioral therapy is about changing the way you think and the way you act. And a result of changing those two things, your emotions change. So, Borderline, um, as I've said, is typically medicated like bipolar disorder. And for those of you guys who have been following our podcast, you will not be surprised at what I'm going to say is if you think that yourself or someone you know has this diagnosis, formal neuropsychological testing is the only way not only to get the diagnosis, but to delineate the symptomatology, how it manifests in an individual. So in the initial episode on borderline, I, I, I talked about it, it's walking on a tightrope, and the goal is to make the tightrope into a sidewalk, eventually into a road, eventually into a runway, where you can sway one way or the other, or think of like a palm tree. Palm trees sway in the middle of hurricanes, but they don't break. They actually become stronger as a result of it. So in, in, in working with borderline personality disorder and, and in do, do, doing and during the, um, the pandemic, and I think we're coming to the tail end of it for the grace of God and back to some sense of, of normalcy, um, as I've said, 
if you're with a treatment provider, this is a, a, a diagnosis where you need, you need to know what you're doing. You, you need to know not only the ins and outs of borderline personality pathology, but also personality theory. And uh, the work of Theodore Milan is really the kind of the foundation is along with like with Alfred Adler. So, again, with 120 different combinations of borderline, um, the treatment is going to kind of be different to some extent. But you're really focusing from a treatment perspective because this disorder manifests in in relationships, like I said, intimate sexual platonic familial it it it, it it's it's not it's not, it's not a picky disorder it it doesn't it doesn't discriminate it will impact all aspects of relationships um the end result is really putting that jigsaw puzzle back together with the right pieces in the right places that that forms the picture that's on the box when you open it and Again, instilling a sense of hope. This disorder is treatable. This disorder is curable. And I could tell you from experience and working with individuals with this pathology, it is. However, it's not easy. Do not confuse this with, I'm going to go in and talk every week about how my week was and how my, my feelings are. No, no, no. That is not how you treat borderline pathology. And, I, and I'm up, up front with people. And as, as like I said, the pandemic, you know, has created such an influx in, in mental health. I have taken on, uh, I really moved away from therapy for a long time, but I've started to take on a therapy caseload. And the therapy caseload I enjoy working with the most is borderline personality. But I'm only going to work with you if you're motivated and you can convince me that you're going to do the work because again said before the work in therapy takes place between sessions so what i would ask somebody with borderline personality is what is the end result supposed to look like on your last day of therapy when you say hey thanks doc i'm i'm done and i by myself I'm in agreement saying, I think we've achieved our treatment goals. What is that supposed to look like? Because vague goals lead to vague results. And a good way to approach this is what do you want to accomplish in a week? What do you want to accomplish in a month? What do you want to accomplish in three weeks? What do you want to accomplish in six months, a year, et cetera, et cetera? So if we take cutting, for example, as I've said, it's not an easy behavior to immediately extinguish. And given that this is personality and how an individual is wired and the the thoughts, uh, what are called automatic thoughts, it's just how we think. And how we think leads to what we do, and how we think and what we do leads to how we feel. So if somebody says, okay, I cut, you know, 12 times a week, okay, can you cut 11? Now, that might might sound ironic, but to have the expectation that you're going to extinguish a behavior with immediate gratification in, in between, you know, 
one Monday to the next Monday. That that's ridiculous. The goal, I think, essentially in the treatment of borderline personality is the integration of the self to get to a point to say that if you, if you like me or if you love me, that's awesome. And I can embrace that. I can accept that. I can, I can deal with the times when you, you're not texting me. I can deal with the times when you don't return my phone call and have the confidence that you're not going to hurt me. That's, that's really the end result in, in dealing with the distress tolerance and not always going inward or even outward in saying, well, uh, you didn't call me. Well, if you break up with me, I'm going to kill myself. No, knock it off. Knock, you knock that stuff off because it, it's psychological manipulation. And I tell people, cut it out. Knock that stuff off. It's not fair to you because it's not going to help you move forward in treatment. And it's not fair to the person you're involved with. But you have to celebrate partial victories when you're dealing with personality disorders. Again, I go back to the root system. That's what you focus on. Yes, there's depression. There's going to be anxiety. There, there may be PTSD. There may be bipolarity there may be uh, a substance abuse those are all other things but those in my professional opinion and training experience those are the branches and the symptoms of the underlying personality because we have to find a way to navigate each and every day and all of us all of us we have to distort reality at night in order to be able to put our head on the pillow to be able to sleep. So again, the, the primary goal, the end result is, is the, 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 the getting the person to move from the tightrope to the runway. Cause if you, if you ever been on a plane, you look at a runway, it's pretty wide and there's a lot of room to move to the left, to the right, and you're pretty much not going to fall over. But again, with the 120 different combinations, the goals may sometimes be different. Um, it's, again, the work is in really in the navigation of the relationships, independent of the type or the quality of the relationship. This is where it comes out because back to that hallmark criteria of intense fear of real or imagined abandonment, uh, Oftentimes, in a majority of cases, people have, when they have a diagnosis of borderline personality, have experienced either in vivo, which means in, 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 in real life, or through <clears throat> um, uh, just exposure, witnessing somebody else's situation. They've witnessed the abandonment. They've witnessed the betrayal. They've witnessed the disconnection. They've witnessed the discord. So in many cases, their, their belief, the belief systems of a borderline are not necessarily or generally irrational because they may have a belief that, yeah, dad left mom. And I remember them fighting. Or dad cheated on mom. Or mom cheated on dad. Or I remember my parents getting divorced and my, they threw me into therapy. I hear this all the time. Then that lack of object permanence at a, at a, at a, at a very young age, 
it, you can't really argue with a patient if they've had that one again actual experiential sense of abandonment from and anybody in their life it could be it, it could be from a parent could be from a sibling could be from uh, a boyfriend a girlfriend an uncle a grandmother grandfather it doesn't have to always be in an intimate relationship and i think people a lot of a lot of clinicians think it has to be just in intimate relationships although that's where you're going to see a lot of it manifested or you know with with you know parents and the family dynamics uh but you don't necessarily have to experience it you can also witness it and you know you say your your best friend Becky's parents um something negative happened you know dad left mom left whatever uh you know this goes work back to the work of Albert Bandura in social learning theory that i don't actually have to experience the event in order for it to impact me i could witness it and have a still and it could still have the same impact on me so um is treatment quick no this is long term this is this is not a week this is not 6 months this is not a year this is this is a few years and and the success and progress is directly correlated to how much work a person is going to put in so i'll generally start with asking somebody um you know, describe the, you know, the, the quality of the relationships that they have and describe the quality of the relationships that you want to have. Because if you don't know what you're working towards, then then what are you doing? You're just going in every week and talking about, you know, how bad your boyfriend is, how bad your husband is, how bad your wife is. Um, and working with people uh, I, I, the patients that I work with, if I, I was telling my wife, say after, after grocery shop, and it's like, if you ask my patients, like, what's the one thing you can call any of them? What's the one thing you think that, that they would, they would say that I always say, I will always say, pay attention to your motivation. That is paramount in cognitive behavioral therapy, especially in the treatment of borderline personality. Pay attention to your motivation. So if he doesn't call you and you're picking up and you pick up the phone and you're about to text, what is your motivation? Is your motivation, I'm afraid he's out with somebody else? Is your motivation that he doesn't care about me? Is your motivation, I'm so angry that you you betrayed me in some sense? So paying attention to your motivation in the treatment of borderline pathology is crucial. Another important part is learning and helping a patient learn how to develop their voice because the voice is the antithesis of staving off abandonment. If you're so afraid of abandonment, you're not going to voice your opinions. That's where you're going to remain the chameleon. That's where you're going to remain a modifier of your beliefs, of your looks, of your physical appearance, of your of of of, of just who you are as a person. Developing a voice, it is, it, and this is a voice. I talked in one of the episodes. Uh, people have skills and they use them appropriately. People have skills and they use them inappropriately. People have skills and they don't know they have them. And people have skills and they use part of them and there's people who just don't have skills so it, a lot of times in working with patients with borderline personality 
they're skill deficient in having a voice because having a voice and saying, talking about something that another person has done that they perceive as being offensive, as bothersome, as hurtful, that that risks the potential for the fear of the real or imagined abandonment to manifest. And developing a voice takes time. It takes practice. So a lot, there's something called like in vivo role play. So a lot of times I will role play different situations with, 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 with patients just to practice to learn the dialogue. Because if, you know, Johnny doesn't text Mary, and we'll say unless Mary has borderline personality, and Mary feels that sense of abandonment. She feels that sense of 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 uh, being upset, of of being uncared for, of being you know f- placed in a second place position. Um, she's going to be really scared to either text Johnny, call Johnny, um, or. With borderline pathology, and I wanted to bring this up at some point, um, dependent personality shares a lot of similarities and a lot of different characteristics with borderline pathology. And and again, don't be surprised. Neuropsychological evaluations will delineate whether you have one, both, or the other. The difference between dependent and and borderline is borderline has rage, impulsivity, and self-injurious behaviors. Those are the distinguishing features between borderline and um, dependent personality. But developing a voice is an incredibly important part of the therapeutic process. And it's not just a, 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 a verbal voice. Uh, it could be a written voice. It could be a metaphorical voice that I'm, you know, I am going to address whatever transgression I perceived a person that I care about has committed against me. And I'm going to be okay with the response. I may not like it. I may feel sad. I may feel disappointed. I may feel let down. I may feel even angry. I I may even go back to old behavioral patterns because, you know, hardwiring of the brain. I was going to do neurophysiology today about, um, you know, kind of how the brain works. I'll I'll get to that at some point because it's a really cool process. Um, But uh, the voice is a powerful thing. And and the the self is is a mysterious thing. Uh, We all have multiple selves. and I, I, I don't mean this, you know, in a, in the sense of multiple personality disorder, because first of all, there is no such thing as multiple personality disorder. If, if you've ever heard or read of the book Sybil, the book was a falsification. We have a disorder called dissociative identity disorder. I'll talk about that at a different point. That's usually as a result of a traumatic experience. Um, but we have our professional selves. We have our spiritual selves. We have our sexual selves, our emotional selves, our relational selves. Um, that That's very different. Uh, whereas the borderline has multiple selves in the, in, with the primary goal of 
assuaging the anxiety of being potentially abandoned and hurt. And again, from whether it's from in vivo exposure or just anecdotal or, um, you know, again, like I said, like seeing somebody else's family uh, from a social learning theory, all of which can create the same with the same magnitude, the degree of um, distress and emotional impairment and 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 and, and so, uh, psychological and cognitive distortion. So it's really looking at the irrational beliefs that that a borderline has, restructuring those over time, celebrating partial victories, and integrating the self, sense of self back into a whole, and taking the keys of the universe out of the world and other people's hands, and bringing them back into your own hands. And again, back to the quote that I've used at the end of many of these episodes, my opinion, the goal of the end result of um, the treatment of borderline personality is becoming independent of the good opinions of other people. If you love me, if you like me, great. If you don't, that's okay too, but I'm not going to let you steal my peace. Stop giving away your peace. Eleanor Roosevelt, I've said this before. No one can make you unhappy without your permission. Is borderline a severe disorder? Yes. Is it treatable? Yes. Is it is it treatable from a psychopharmacological perspective? No. Is it treated from a psychopharmacological perspective? Yes. Like I said, as, as bipolarity or treating the depression and the anxiety or any other ancillary disorders associated with it. But it, it I want to make sure I instill a sense of hope but also instill a sense of uh, seriousness in terms of the amount of work that you will need to do. But can you overcome this? Can you can can this be cured? Absolutely. Are some people not want incurable? You know, Julie was asking me this earlier, and uh, I I would say yes, only depending on how hard a person's willing to work. If you're going to go in and just bemoan, oh, he did this or she did this, or, you know, I, I can't stop cutting. I can't, you know, the first, as soon as somebody says, uh, says the word can't, I stop them. People can fly. You're, you're choosing everything. And are you going to be uncomfortable in this process? Absolutely, because in, in, in working and treating with borderline personality, you're going to be navigating your interpersonal relationships in a way that is so uh, counterintuitive to what seems natural. And again, the only reason people change is when they're uncomfortable. So when you get to place where you say, I'm tired of thinking, feeling, acting this way, that's when change will take place. And again, I'm I, I'm not somebody who tells people what they want to hear. I tell people what they need to hear. This is a long-term process. And how quickly you move through this process is directly correlated to how hard you work both in the therapy session and even more importantly, how you work between the therapy sessions. So developing a voice, integrating the self, moving from the moving from the tightrope to the, to the runway. That's the goal. That's the work in treating borderline personality disorder. Until next week, B12.
Be well. Feel free to reach out through Psychology Today. Contact me at neuropsychdr at hotmail.com, psychologyunplugged at outlook.com. Any questions? Happy to talk with you guys. Um, I'm sure we'll revisit this topic again, but I want to at least do a primer and introduction to how do you treat uh, this significant and major construct of, of borderline personality. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Be well. Get vaccinated. And I will talk to you guys next week. All right. Bye.